I'm Helen Rabello. Welcome to the Turning Point Project. I believe that when you face a big transitional moment in life, you have to learn how to transcend your fears and honour the process, even if it gets messy in the middle. In this project, inspiring conscious creatives and entrepreneurs share their stories about how they used a turning point to move from a life that didn't fully fit to living in a more intentional way despite the messy bits. May these stories inspire you to trust your turning points and take a step forwards through your messy bits towards your more magical life. My guest today is the lovely Joe Casey, who helps coaches and healers get more clients without sacrificing soul or sanity. She's a certified coach, a speaker, a trainer, and host of the Meaningful Business Podcast. Jo says she's slightly nerdy and determined to help women overcome our feminine conditioning so we can step out, be seen, and thrive. And what I really loved about today's conversation is that she told the backstory of how she came to be so passionate about this being an area she helps people with and helps people to overcome. Jo is one of those women that you cannot help but love. She is wise. She is funny. She's had a really interesting journey And in this conversation, you're going to discover how you can overthrow your own resistance when it comes to self-care and to not trying to hold everything together. So lovely, Joe Casey. Hello and welcome to the Turning Point Project. Thank you so, so much for joining me. I'm so, so very excited and very honoured to have you as my guest. I'm very excited and honoured to be your guest. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm having a a good day. That's 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 good. A good day when you're recording a conversation is always good. (laughs) So, as you know, I like to jump straight in Mm. and um, and just take people straight to thinking about whether when they first thought about coming to talk to me Mm. a turning point came to mind straight away what's really interesting is I'm sure lots of your guests feel this way but there's been a number of turning points I think our lives are defined by by turning points but the one that I want to talk about today is a turning point that happened about 18 months two years ago and it affected both my business and my home life, my family life, and also was one of those situations where you realise that the lesson you thought you, the lessons you thought you'd taken on board and learnt, you'd kind of forgotten along the way, and it was a kind of a situation that brought me up short a little bit. But there was such a gift in it, even though it was kind of horrible for a while. Wow, that sounds absolutely perfect. Mm. And I and um I love that you've pre-framed it with something that we can all relate to. Yeah, I think it's Do you know when you were younger, did you have this idea that when you were older you were going to have so many answers to so many questions? And yet as I've got older I realize I just have more questions and I know way <laughs> less than I ever think I do. <laughs> Oh yes, <laughs> and there is a there's a, there's a real a lesson and a, a an acceptance in that, and and all kinds of delightful things can come from that once you kind of let go of the this idea that I'm supposed to know better by now. I'm supposed to all of the I'm supposed tos because we're human and the one of the consistent things about being a human is that we will mess up. We will make mistakes. We will um, forget the lessons that were so hard won and, and we get to begin again if we're lucky. Yeah. And isn't that a wonderful thing in a way? Because yeah. how, how bored and would we be? How, how unchallenged would we be if we, if we didn't have that continuous evolution and, 
uh, almost spiraling back on ourselves and yeah. revisiting things and yeah. as frustrating as it can be sometimes yes there's sometimes yeah. a joy in it as well in a funny kind of way I think if there is when you can accept it once I, I mean I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I'm some you know like some some zen enlightened creature I'm like you know I stamp my feet and I get proper grumpy and sulk and you know it's not pretty <laughs> and then hopefully I hit the point of kind of going oh, oh 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 okay yeah this is this is the thing again um so shall I, shall I just start? Yeah, here? I was going to say, take, paint the picture for us. Take okay. For, for the past five or six years, I've, I've been self-employed. And I'm not somebody who I would have ever thought of as being one of life's natural entrepreneurs. I haven't got that kind of, you've watched Dragon's Den or is it called Shark Tank in, in the States? Yeah. You see those people that's all like, oh, bottom line and, and all of that. I am so not like that at all. But what I am is really, really driven by some big questions around, you know, what makes us tick as humans. And if we have things that we just feel deep in our bones that we're meant to be here to do, how do we do that? those things and be able to thrive and be able to make money from them even if we're not necessarily what the the dominant culture tells us is uh, a natural business owner and I was definitely somebody who struggled with the whole idea of of, of having a, a, a business how do I make money how do I structure it how do I you know plan out what I'm going to earn and all that so it was a real kind of street fight to to with myself mm. to get me to a point where I could make money in my business my my business is I've been a coach now for for 20 years I first trained in, in coaching 20 years ago which which makes me kind of a dinosaur in the industry really because it was a really <laughs> um uh, new and, and pretty unheard of thing. Then <laughs> it did only. I think I went on the only course that was available at, at the time, kind of back in, back in the day. And over uh, the space of around about 10, 12 years, I really honed my craft without actually putting myself forward into this has to make money for me. I was, I kind of lobbied the company that I was in the organization that I was in to let me do this thing that's called coaching that I'd been trained in I went off my master's degree in it I started getting some private clients kind of on the side just through word of mouth I developed a network and, and a bit of a reputation and then eventually realized that because the job I was in was disappearing I was um going to be made redundant that it was kind of a now or never if I was going to do this thing I was in my early 40s and you know was I ever going to do it and and so over the a period of a, a few years I was able to build up a business that made me enough money that I could I could pay my bills and you know pay the mortgage and things and things like that and I was earning as much as I was earning in my day job wow. and because I had no model or idea of how to to be running a business properly what I did is I I I lent on the things that I was was good at and I pretty much let my fear drive me so I did something that a lot of people do which is um I hustled a lot and I'm very good at pushing through Mm. I'm pretty type A. It has caused me problems in the past because, you know, I'm prone to burnout. I have a pretty long-standing mental health condition. So I have a type of OCD, which is I get obsessive thoughts rather than the compulsions, which most people are more familiar with. And so that does mean that I can get quite obsessive about things. And that can be a superpower at times. Yeah. You know, I can get projects done. I can drive things through. You know, I can show up for myself. And in, in many ways, the kind of the dominant culture, especially in the online business world that, you know, you and I are in, says hustle and push through and do all the things and that's what will make you successful and to an extent it was true I mean I I work with other coaches and, and healers and you know holistic business folks showing them how to do marketing and you know get more clients and, and things like that and 
and my version of success was getting to the point where I was filled to capacity. My coaching practice was full up. I was matching my income from my previous job and it took all of my waking hours pretty much. Wow. I was thinking about it most of the time. I was um, working very long hours. I was doing at least a 50 hour week most weeks. Sometimes it was more. Um, and when I wasn't actively working in my business, I was thinking about it a lot. And I can remember going to, uh, I went and did my hypnotherapy certification because it was something that I, I used quite a lot and I was, I was really interested in. I wanted to go get qualified in it. And I remember about two years ago being at this, um, the, the very first meeting for the, the, the program. And one of the breakout exercises we had to do is go out, go up to somebody that you don't know, introduce yourself and tell them what you do for fun. And I couldn't answer the question. Oh, bless you. I, I, I had one of those kind of outer body experiences. And I remember looking at the person and kind of laughing and going, I can't answer that question. That's not good, is it? Um, and kind of clocking it at the time, thinking, oh, this, this. And I knew I was tired. I knew I was pretty exhausted. But I was also driven by this thought of, well, if I don't work all of these hours, if I don't have all of these clients, I won't be able to, you know, keep the wolf from the door type thing, which is a very strange expression, that keep the wolf from the door. It's, 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 yeah. it, it sums up how a lot of us, I, I think, function when it comes to exactly exactly something will come and eat us if we don't you know keep going um and so I was already at, at capacity with uh with my business and then in November of 2017 my daughter got really sick like suddenly she had for the past few years, always gone down with what we were told was, you know, a, a viral chest cold thing. Um, but in that November, she had developed one of these and had got over it, we thought, gone into school and had started coughing and wasn't able to stop <gasps> for hours. Like, <coughs> you know, like constant. Bless her. Um, and the school ended up calling an ambulance because they couldn't get into control. Um, we ended up, I was in London working with a, a, a client at the time. So I had this nightmare journey back from London, not knowing how she was. My husband was able to get to the hospital much faster. And um, she was in for nearly a week. And it then took about three months before we could get her properly stabilized and she was diagnosed with um, a type of asthma which is sometimes called silent asthma and it's also um, cough presenting so as most people with asthma they'll wheeze and they'll have lots of um, chest sounds mm. when they're struggling to breathe uh, with Maya the, the chest is is silent there's no there's nothing to hear so there's no not always a visible uh, sign of wheezing and it tends to present as a, a cough, which can at first, I was going to say at first glance, but at first can seem quite innocuous and innocent. I'll go get some water. What's, you know, what's the problem? But it's because of where the asthma is hitting. It's hitting right up in her upper chest and her throat. That makes sense. Um, and so it took quite a few months to get a treatment plan that that, that worked. And, and so she, she was she was off school for more than she was in school for, for the, the two kind of winter and spring terms. Um, and for me, working from home, in one case, that was a blessing, but also meant that I couldn't commit to working 57 hours, a, 50, 60 hours a week in my business. Of course. I just couldn't. Um, so I, I cancelled the program that I was about to launch. Um, I had some absolutely gorgeous, amazing existing clients who were working through a program with me who were all just lovely and just said no it's fine if you need to cancel we'll understand we want to keep working with you that was great so it meant that I still had some income coming in um and then once she got better I fell apart because I had been running on empty for so long no time for myself no restorative time no nurturing time and then the stress of her being ill 
and she's she's really really well now i mean it's it's really under control it's really under control you know it's been 18 months almost two years now and you know we're, we're all hands at it we still have to have you know thankfully l- much less frequent trips to uh, accident emergency but we still have to do them on a fairly regular basis but we, we you know we have a routine now whereas if i think back to 18 months ago i was just wiped out i had no additional capacity and so i ended up having to take three or four months out completely so that i could i could heal and i could get well again because i hadn't been practicing any of the things that i knew kept me well because i'd bought into this idea that i had to hustle and hustle and push and push in order to make this business work and so that was a real wake-up call and i think turning points quite often are wake-up calls yeah um, and I, I realized that if I was going to continue to do this work, which I, I loved and I was really good at, I had to do it from a very different place. And, and my coach at the time said to me, you've developed a, an abusive relationship with your business. Oh, and, gosh, that's so stark, but yeah, paints the picture, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And so I had to really look at what were some of my attitudes, but also on a practical level. What what was I doing here? How was I building in rest? Very, very, you know, the practical things like I wasn't charging nearly enough. I wasn't charging a sustainable amount. Um, And so that meant that in order to match my previous income, which hadn't been huge at all, I was having to work lots and lots of, of hours. There was no time for rest. There was no time for you know, self-care, which I know has become this, this phrase, which is so eye-rolly these days. It's like, oh, it's another thing that I have to do on my to-do list. But I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't doing anything nourishing for myself. I wasn't doing anything that was you know, giving me delight or allowing me to rest. And it meant that I had no capacity for... The, the the inevitable bumps in the road that life throws yeah. at you yeah it's like the tightly coiled spring isn't it ready to pop yep absolutely um but the gift in it has been that i realized that i was far from the only person following this kind of model of hustle 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 and that actually the only way to be able to so i'm really in, i'm really fascinated by the idea of how do we as individuals help to contribute to a, a tipping of the conversation a nudging of the conversation and if this traditional world of work which wasn't designed for us it wasn't designed for um heart-centered wasn't folks it wasn't designed for women it wasn't designed for people of color it wasn't designed for anybody other than white men with wives at home who were going to take care of everything that's how the modern world of work was was set up absolutely and the idea that we exploit resources to their depletion i mean look what we've been doing to the planet and and I think a lot of us have carried that those same messages quite subliminally and unconsciously into our own businesses. And if we are our only resource, if we are our main resource, then if we're following that model where we exploit ourselves to depletion, that's not going to work. Mm. And so it gives us an opportunity, I think, to have a really different approach to, okay, so we're going to have to do this differently then. Mm. And we have technology. I work a lot online. The bulk of my work is done online, which means that I'm able to connect with people all over the world, which also means that it's really easy for me to work five evenings a week if I want to, because my evening is you know, morning time in the West Coast of the US. Um, and so I can use technology to help me in my business, or I can use it to, to kind of you know chain me to ridiculous working hours and so it gave me this opportunity this crisis gave me this opportunity kind of forced my hand really to look at okay so how do I want to work what do I need to do to be able to nourish myself and actually then what do we all need to be doing slightly differently Um, and so it's really fed into my work that I do with with coaches and healers and heart-centered folk it's like well how can we make money 
and thrive because money isn't the only thing that we need to thrive it's a big part of it it's not the only thing we still need to be able to rest we still need to be able to have connection if we're all working at home in our home offices with this amazing technology how do we connect with other humans then how do we get support how do we stop isolating ourselves how do we have human-based working hours and all of those things and so it's really given this lovely additional layer of depth and nourishment to to my work that you know I I pass on to my clients it's a lot of the conversations that we have because it's not just about making money at all costs it's about well how can we really nurture and nourish ourselves through our businesses while we're doing good in the world and you know what you know what the ironic thing is we actually are much better at doing it and we're better at making the money and we're better positioned to you know do our great work when we are rested when we are nourished when we have you know of course our souls and our bodies well and you know all of that stuff so even though those you know those kind of that six month period almost two years ago now was fairly hideous I'm not going to dress it up it was grim it was terrifying it was it was horrible but the upshot is that, you know, my daughter is really happy and she's really well now. And we've got on a really good treatment plan. And so is our mom. Yeah. And I'm not sure that would have happened in the same way had we not had that, that crisis that forced me to look at how was I doing things. And isn't it interesting that that happened uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't brought about by by you reaching crisis point knowingly. Mm. It was brought about by external events, but yeah. concerning probably the most vulnerable person in your family. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you had to find that capacity and that energy to to s- step up and be there f- for her and. And be able to do that without any idea about what would what would unfold, where it would lead, what the future would look like with her in terms of her health. And mm. oh, it's a real lesson in trust and surrender. Yeah, because I think a lot of us are, you know, especially especially when my my friend uh, Laura says, uh, you know. A lot of us were, were such tightly wound women because we're so used to being the ones who keep it all together. And I think as humans, the one the thing that we find most terrifying is that realization. It's not a situational thing, it's a realization that we are conning ourselves most of the time, convincing ourselves that we're in control of oh, things. Definitely. We yeah. are in control of so much less than we like to think we are. Yeah. And it's comforting to tell us ourselves that, you know, I can control this. But when you have, you know, a sick child, you realize really quickly, I'm not in control of this. Yeah. I can go and yell at some doctors, not that that would do any good. Or I could go rage at the sky, not that that would do any good. Or I can sit here and I can hold her hand and I can, I can get through it minute by minute and help her get through it minute by minute and we can hope and we can pray and, and you have to you have to acknowledge and lean into the vulnerability of, of that situation and that's kind of one of the biggest lessons in life the leaning into the vulnerability the accepting of those the, those times when you know we're not in control so if we could just let go of this idea that we are, and I say this as somebody who's diagnosed as, you know, a very anxious person. <laughs> so much of that is around what this happens, whatever happens. And you know, it it you know, my, the way that my my brain can work, particularly when I'm 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 not doing so great, when I'm 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 not well, is throwing up every fear and every possibility and every, you know, dire potential consequence. And there is a real point where you have to just go, you know, I can't engage. I can't, you know, have this discussion in my head all the time. I can't control this and it sucks and it's terrifying, but I can't. And it's only then when you get to that point 
that you get a chink of relief. Yeah. And I can really relate to this actually. You know, I think I think often it's it's no mistake that we come across the people in life we come across yeah. because um I, I, I haven't actually, I don't know if I've shared this publicly before. It's probably in my book somewhere, but um, you won't know this, but actually I used to suffer from debilitating panic attacks. Um, When I was a radiographer and a sonographer and in scenarios where I, I used to hold it together for people in, in a state of chaos, I was really good at helping people be calm but then behind the scenes I'd quietly lose the plot sometimes <laughs> and um and so I can really relate to that I don't know it's almost it's almost a relief when you reach a point for whatever reason where you drop the veil completely yeah. and you just throw your arms up in the air and just go oh, you know who who am I kidding <laughs> <laughs> What purpose is this even serving? I, I, I can't hold the world together. You know, and it's it's actually quite a relief to to again as women to just just let go of trying to fix the blooming world and yeah. trying to save everybody and be all things to everybody. <laughs> yeah. And that's not to say that, you know, we, we give up completely, but no. there is so much kind of displacement activity. I think we do to ourselves to try and con ourselves into thinking that, that we, we can, we can control everything or we can, you know, save everybody or, and, and I always think that because I don't, I don't know about you, but my, um, anxiety is then my, I used to psych, I say, you know, I, I still do it. This is a, I'm at the point of realizing that this is this is a lifelong thing. This has been going on for like 30 years now. Chances are this is gonna be a recurrent thing, this 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 illness. Um, but I get kind of weeks, sometimes months of intense anxiety, and then it kind of slowly turns into quite a deep dark depression if you know I'm not kind of medicated and things like that. And there is almost a point where there's a relief in the letting go of the anxiety, and there's a point almost when you're tipping over into what then becomes depression of that kind of surrendering. And I think what I have learned over the years is that there are other ways that I can get myself to that point of surrender. That means that my body doesn't have to then tip me over into that depression point. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so what are those ways for you? Well, I mean, obviously I'm not as, um, adept and experienced as as you but i you know i find it in in yoga i find it in meditation i walk as much as i possibly can uh pretty much every day i live in a city but i'm really lucky that i live in greater manchester and you know we're surrounded by canals and we have the river mercy running uh, through and so within five minutes of my house i can be down by the river and walking and just being among the, the the trees and just focusing on the movement of my feet and the sky and the sound of the birds and and things like that is that that's my therapy that's my 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 meditation um creating being able to just to create for the sake of it like um like i'm, I'm always kind of drawing and stuff like that and I have no ambitions for it to turn into anything mm. you know it's not like I want to this is ever going to be something people would want to buy because like, I also think there's this thing of oh if you're really good at that why you turn it into a cypress it's like no we need things just for the nourishment of them just for Definitely. the pleasure of them so yeah. I love making this my my mum always used to say when I was a kid oh you're always fiddling with stuff and it's always been like <laughs> I just love watching Blue Peter and, you know, like making their, um, you know, whatever it was that they were, they were making. I was a bit too, um, a bit too old for Tracy Island and that type of thing. But, you know, papier-mâché flowers. Or, um, <laughs> yeah, the advent collage. Yeah, oh, you still, oh, you still make that advent calendar <laughs> so <hanger>. bad. <laughs> yeah. 
as my dad would always point out, you get safe that. I, I, you know, for those of you who have never seen the the Blue Peter <laughs> Advent Crown, as I think it was called, it was two wire coat hangers wrapped with, and it was meant to be you no know, flammable tint, you know, um, inflammable tinsel. But you wrap it in tinsel and then stick a candle on each end, and then each week we're meant to light one of the candles as the countdown for for Christmas. It was yeah, probably health and safety. <laughs> but I used to love all of that stuff um and so I find things like that doing things just for the fun and the pleasure so if if somebody asked me that same question now what do you do for fun I would have answers to them you know I go swing sing in a choir that's been one of the best things that I've done I joined the choir this year as well yeah it's It's great isn't it it is so great I don't know why everybody doesn't do it because you're in a group so it doesn't matter if you can sing or not yeah um and it does all kinds of amazing stuff to your brain you know that you know all kinds of endorphins and you're taking all this oxygen it just feels ace it's just really good and you know get with other people and things yeah um so yeah I really that this whole kind of experience really challenged me on how I was kind of living my life and running my business which is all for the better and have you taken quite a slow sort of circuitous pathway to to rediscovering all this stuff and finding the balance or did you make changes quite quickly and quite intentionally once you'd sort of started to come out of this really dark challenging period it was interesting because it was the you know I had I had a couple of months where I really just couldn't work at all it was you know it was you know it was grim and so the the stuff that now is you know the the stuff that I do for pleasure was the stuff that I was doing then just to I, I need to just do something and occupy myself so the doing creative stuff um joining the choir um, doing the yoga, getting back into meditation, that walking every day, they became my kind of almost like the regimen that I put myself on. Yeah. And they were the ladder that helped me get out of the hole that I was in. Um, and so, you know, why would I want to stop doing those and, and, jettison those and that's not to say I don't have the odd day where I'm working till two in the morning because I'm really driven by something and that's not to say that um you know I I, I'm not tempted sometimes to push through but I have more self-awareness that gives me some guardrails and also I have people around me who will just like um I have um I'm a mastermind group that I'm in and they're all in North America. And so if I post sometimes uh, like midnight, there'll be immediate kind of Joe, should you be in bed? <laughs> Which is great. I love that. There's a bit of me kind of going, you're not bossing me. In Do you way. think you subconsciously joined one with people in North America? I, it wasn't conscious, but yeah, maybe it was just my subconscious going, yeah, and you knew people who were going to... Built-in protection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so what, what do you really love about where you are in your life and in your work now on the other side of this, this massive, t- tumultuous turning point? really given me I think the key to longevity and sustainability it was like it was like before I was doing this work which I thought I think I'm pretty good at this I really like it I think I'm pretty good at this but I was always had this kind of inability to relax into it because I was always doing this kind of hustle and tap dance and there's kind of oh what if this happens oh, what that happens and and so now there's a I feel like I'm really deep rooted in the work Mm. that makes sense I've really allowed myself to really sink into the soil of it and make sure that that soil is filled with great nutrients 
is really <clears throat> nourishing and has allowed me to explore and grow and stretch from a place of solidity that gives me way more flexibility. What was before it was I was operating from a pretty brittle place. Yeah. It's also allowed me, or maybe it kind of forced me to, I'm not quite sure which, to be much more transparent in the the kind of the what goes into the sausage if, if you like the the behind the scenes and ironically even though I t- I've always talked a lot about authenticity and having an authentic business and human connection and all of that but coming to a point where you kind of out yourself as saying actually I have a long-term mental health condition and it flared up this year and so it was all a bit of a shit show I'm afraid actually coming out and saying something like that even though there was a big part of me genuinely thought oh people aren't going to want to hire me once they know this Mm. actually what happened is it drew even more people to me because you know there, there was there was a level of authenticity and integrity I think I was presenting before whereas now I'm much more in integrity with things there are you know I can talk about the fact that do you know what for a lot of us having a traditional quote-unquote job doesn't just doesn't work but also it's not this dreamy, oh my God, I get to set my own hours and here are my six figures just coming <laughs> through the post. I'm selling in my sleep, blah, blah, blah. The, the, the internet marketing machine sells to us. I, I'm able to much more honestly present a much clearer, fuller picture of not only what are some of the challenges, but what are the opportunities of, of you know, for those of us who are heart-centered, who are healers, who are the coaches of the world, who are the mystics, who are the, you know, the, the, the artists, to be able to reclaim and shape this space for ourselves, to shape this industry for ourselves. And I'm much more definite and confident and bold in saying that, mm. even though it's also way more vulnerable because I'm very open about saying I don't have all the answers I have I know some shit and I know some stuff that really works I should have checked with you by the way where I can swear I hope you're not going <laughs> all of this you're not the first oh, okay yes <laughs> <guest>, remember <laughs> um you know how do we as as you know the weirdos of the world in, in a way but who are in many ways also the healers of this world how do we get our work out there without having to be sleazy or manipulative how do we tackle things like money even though we're very super hyper aware that the way that our culture relates to money is really messed up you know we have this top 0.1 percent of the population earning more than you know what is it 90% 90% of the, I can't remember it's obscene the inequalities and so that filters into our psyche so it means that a lot of us have a very conflicted approach to making money and to capitalism and, and how do we fit into that as as healers because we don't want to add to that but at the same time we deserve to be able to thrive and being able to have those conversations be able to share with people ways that I have found it to work and that colleagues have found it to work and clients have found it to work and how to attract clients and how to price your services and how to market yourself without wanting to just you know put your foot through the computer screen because it just feels like everyone is shouting at the top of their (laughs) their lungs and how can we do this on a much more human way and get our work out there it's kind of emboldened me to do that more because that that same level of fear that I had the kind of tap dancing the kind of oh can I do it it?" it's gone because I've, I've gone to the dark place and I realized that actually operating from that place of terror most of the time when I stop hustling what will happen was the thing that made the thing I was dreading happen yeah and so being able to do it from this much more resolved rooted place of agency has given me a lot more confidence in 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 my work yeah and I can hear that in your voice and I I know it because we've had a few conversations and um it is the very 
epitome of what I talk about around um, the difference between being in your head or being in your heart, the Mm -hmm. difference between coming from fear or coming from more of your natural flow, Mm -hmm. you know, that pushing energy where you're using up all of your inherent resources to try and maintain this crazy momentum, the deep energy that comes from being so deeply entrenched and embedded and grounded and centered in your kind of deep knowingness that I don't know it's like you access a whole other level of capacity to know what's important to you and to be able to communicate that and share that and Mm. um and I didn't I didn't know you on the other side of this so so I can't imagine you being any other way (laughs) now but um, you know thank goodness in a way that this happened because I love I love who you are as a person I love what you're doing I love how you how you show up I love the messages you share and that's why I wanted you to be a guest because thank you um you yeah you you just have such a wealth of wisdom and integrity and you are a a voice for sanity as far as I'm concerned (laughs) when it comes to you know which is ironic being a soulful woman I am actually (laughs) well I know and you know bear in mind I'm saying this and I too have a history of anxiety and depression (laughs) Uh, which is kind of why I do what I do because I am very aware that it's a condition that that I have to skirt around and manage otherwise I would spend my entire life in a state with myself so (laughs) for anyone listening to this take take from this what you will (laughs) Uh, yes bearing in mind perhaps uh, you know we're special people perhaps we are the sanest amongst them well, I, I do think, I, I don't know about you, but I do watch some, particularly some politicians and uh, you know, people in power, you just think, oh, really? Do you know, I'm sure if you just sat down with a therapist for a few hours <laughs> to <laughs> yeah. learn to meditate, you really wouldn't need to be doing half of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Still stuck in public school mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> oh so i don't know where the time has gone because it seems to have escalated somewhat rapidly but i would i would really love to know if you could go back in time and send a message to yourself Mm. um maybe 10 years ago what would you tell younger you Ten years ago, I was dreaming of having, um, I was going to say dreaming of having a business. I wasn't. I was dreaming of being able to work for myself and do my work in the world. Just before you started, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And so I would want to go back and say, you don't have to wait. You can more than do this. You be a bit easier on yourself. And stop trying to get everything right because it's actually going to be in the mistakes, in the, the the messiness, that you're going to find all of the good stuff. I love that. Mm. I love that, and I, and that's such a great message for anybody that hears this, that is in that place now. Yeah, feeling stuck or stuck it you know stuck in the beginning of a turning point or right in the messy middle and wondering what the blooming hell is <laughs> going on what do I do next yeah, yeah I absolutely love that mm. and if you were in that place or if you were talking to somebody who is in that place mm. is there anything you would add for them I would say that even though it may feel like not knowing where or what the next steps are or the right next steps, or, you know, if you start taking the steps where the path is, is going to lead you, we, we have this fear of not being able to see 
the clear future, the clear path ahead. But the path will reveal itself as you walk along it. So all you have to do is take a step. That's all. You don't have to know the full direction. You don't have to have it all mapped out. Just take a step. See how you feel. Take another step. See how you feel. And if it still feels like the right thing to do, just keep taking it step by step. Take some of the pressure off yourself and enjoy the journey. I know it sounds like a cliche, but that's that's the secret. Mm. It's We drive ourselves nuts by trying to convince ourselves that knowing the future will give us some, some extra safety and control. No matter what your brain is telling you, will probably happen, will almost definitely happen. It won't. It won't happen in that exact same way. So try and let go of that and enjoy the journey. Just take a step. Perfect advice. Love it. (laughs) It's true, isn't it? It is. Absolutely. So where have your steps taken you to now? What have have you got going on now? Well, as I say, in your work and... In my work, I, as I say, I work with the coaches, the healers, the artists of, of the world, the people who want to be able to do their work in the world and, and get paid for it, but maybe not jiving with natural traditional business advice, you know, the spreadsheets and the all of that stuff. And so I have a, a nine-month really nourishing kind of mastermind coaching program called the supernova collective and that starts in at the beginning of october it's oh it's gorgeous it's such a gorgeous program it's it's based around the idea that there are some solid kind of core principles that you can apply to your your own particular circumstances and tweak them to your natural abilities and and strengths and then we we tailor them to you through one-on-one coaching and also we need fellow travelers. Isolation kills dreams. And so the program is built around one-on-one coaching and group coaching and group support and a kind of a nine-month structured kind of training workshop program. It's absolutely glorious. So you can find out about that if that sounds like something you're intrigued by it joecasey.com forward slash supernova and otherwise you can find me at joecasey.com you can come join my facebook group which is called the coaches and healers collective you can find me on instagram and facebook i'm joecasey that's the letter b and uh outside of of my business i you'll find me walking my dog lucy um making ill-fitting clothes um, <laughs> i'm really into sewing at the moment i'm currently wearing one of my creations which has a it's meant to have a scoop neck but it's kind of like an off the shoulder thing because i made the scoop too big but i don't care because i just kind of love it it's like i made this um or you'll find me drawing or singing in the choir or writing kind of polemics about the intersection of feminism and online business (laughs) you know little thing (laughs) oh i love that i love the sound of the supernova whole experience it's such a gorgeous program see so this is the other thing that people don't realize when or certainly i didn't when you find the right mix and the right kind of setup the, the things you create, the products, the services, the programs, almost take on their own life. So this program, Supernova Collective, I have no problem promoting it at all because it's almost like it's nothing to do with me, mm-hmm. even though I created it. Because it just, I just know it works so well. The people who've been through it, we're, 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 this will be our fourth time running it. The people who've gone through it, it, it's transformational. They're just gorgeous, gorgeous people, and they've gone from having you know, businesses that were struggling to having these really special, beautiful, unique, um, gorgeous entities that really reflect who they are with sustainable marketing plans in place and, and, and clients and ways of making money and, and, and the confidence to, to, 
build on all of that and it's just gorgeous and it's just gorgeous so it's just one of these things like you should come to this program because it's ace and it's almost like <laughs> i have no embarrassment about doing it at all none of that cringe factor that you know it's like please buy my thing yeah it's, i can it's tell awesome i, I, it's tell. Just, I, I love that it's uh, nine months as well mm. which is a significant period but also you know like I've got my six month thing. It's the first time I've done it. And, um, and it's so, I was a bit like, Oh, six months, a bit too long. But then when I found out you had a nine month program, I, I felt much better about <laughs> it somehow. It's like, thank God. It, it, we are the opposite of what everyone's doing with their quick fixes and their but because the quick fixes don't work. I mean, no, this is a whole other discussion. I won't go to it, but the quick fixes don't work and we know it doesn't work. It's like, okay, if you want to know how to tie placemats into a certain thing to get you know, napkins or whatever, you know, if you want to know a particular skill or how to do a Facebook ad that retargets or how to, you know, if there's a really specific discrete thing that you want to know, okay, quick fix is fine. Log onto YouTube go and buy a course that will teach you it. But if you want to do something with any depth that involves growth and change, it's going to take some time. So give it the, give yourself a chance for it to work. Yeah. Cause you're worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So <laughs> yeah, these, these things do take time and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to hex you or anything, but Supernova did start out as a six month program. We ran it twice for six months and then, people kept asking well well how can I carry on working with you and we realized that actually it needed to be that little bit longer so I'm not <laughs> saying that yours will get longer just that something to think about thanks for that <laughs> oh Joe, thank you so so much is there anything else you want to leave behind before you wrap up I, I don't think so it's just the you know kindness kindness to yourself kindness to other people it's so easy to say but it's actually I think one of the most challenging things to do sometimes so if you can every day come back to how can I be kind to somebody how can I be kind to me today then uh, I think that's the the key to a lot of things yeah what a beautiful, beautiful place to finish. Thank you. And I will be including all of those links in the show notes. And um, and I actively encourage anyone hearing this to go and make friends with Jo because you will love her as much as I do. Thank you. <laughs> Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Turning Point Project. If you found this episode useful, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast as it really makes a difference and will only take a moment. If you'd like to continue the conversation or ask me any questions, come and connect with me over on Instagram at Helen Rebello Author or join the free magical life movement at HelenRebello.com. Have a gorgeous, gorgeous day and I'll catch you in the next episode.